Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. Young, ground full side, he slides it into the nets. Here's Douglas the Wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa. Villa's a big club, mate. So. Welcome back to Gather Around the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com in association with Manscaped. Today we shall be taking a look back at Villa's fantastic win against Everton at the weekend before looking ahead to the trip to the Ronaldo Reds on Saturday lunchtime. I'm Andy, Andy, and today I'm joined again by Craig. Hey, Andy. Yes, we are. Uh, what a weekend. What a win. Um, Andy, you were there at Villa Park. The atmosphere looked incredible. I am so jealous. It was an incredible atmosphere. It was really, really bouncing. Second half, much similar to that 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 Everton game a couple of years ago that we all, we all talked so fondly about. It was... It was really, really good, but obviously we'll get we'll get into the game and into some of the issues um, as we go along, and and we'll start with the team. Um, and I think we all got this one wrong. Uh, maybe maybe not you though, Craig. Not, not you. Not all of us, Andy. <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as Dean Smith kept faith um, with the team and the the three five two formation, which which had lost at Chelsea. Um, with the only change being the returning Emmy Martinez replacing Jed Steer in goal. There was a wealth of attacking talent on the bench with uh, Emmy Buendia joining Bailey, Traore, El Ghazi and Cameron Archer on the bench and Ashley Young of course. Um, looking at the at the Everton team who were without Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison and Pickford of course, um, were you surprised with what appeared to be such a defensive lineup for this one? Uh, not entirely. I did. I did say. I think I changed my mind at the end of the last pod. I was like, okay, we'll do a four-three-three. Then I, then I changed my mind and thought we needed a um, a three-five-two to deal with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Then I subsequently found out that that Calvert-Lewin was out injured, which was great news for Villa. And then I, I, I didn't know what to expect. But I do think, as we said on the podcast last week, Aston Villa played maybe the best they've played all season and maybe even the best they'd played, uh, you know, without Mr. Grealish in the performance last week against Chelsea, where the scoreline, I think, certainly did flatter Chelsea, as we discussed in detail on last week's show. So I could, I, I, I wasn't surprised to see Dean Smith stick and, and, and go with, with the same again, because I think it worked against Chelsea other than the Watkins misses and the individual errors. The system overall worked. And I think that Dean Smith is not a knee-jerk manager um, like some of us are. I'm I'm a lot more knee-jerk than he is. And I think that he's a cool customer. And I think he saw a system which has um, real real possibilities for Aston Villa, particularly uh, with the games coming up, as as you alluded to earlier, against uh, Manchester United and Tottenham in the league, as well as the League Cup game coming up against Chelsea as well. So I, I wasn't too surprised to see it. I didn't think it was a defensive formation last week against Chelsea, and it, it did, however, seem to be a defensive formation for the first hour against Everton. It's fair to say, Andy. Yeah, I think I think I'd, I'd, I'd agree. I understand some of the logic um, behind, you know, just keeping the same the same lineup, the same formation. It just feels a little bit disappointing when you sort of rock up at Villa Park and um you know you you want to you want to see these players in action obviously it was unlikely it was always going to be unlikely that Buendia would play um but I think we all expected Leon Bailey to to be in from, from the start um you know and and kind of not seeing that and and seeing it look a little bit um a little bit defensive a little bit kind of uh, I'll go back and say uh, Gareth Southgate um in the Euros, it was, you know, I suppose it was understandable, but a little bit disappointing as well. Um, but that's because I think as fans, we want to see the best play. We want to see the, the exciting attacking 
players on the field, don't we? Particularly at home, we want assists. Well, you don't. you don't like you don't like the three five two, Andy. You said that last week, yeah. so you you always are, are skeptical about it. You've got to be in your bonnet about the three five two anyway. <laughs> and I think I think after an hour, you know, you you had a point. You had a point because we weren't. You know, we had some major problems in terms of creating chances um, because I think that the system, as I, I said something similar on, on Twitter and we were talking about this on the group chat, the system that we were playing really relies on those fullbacks getting high and delivering quality into the box. And in the first half, at least, both Matt Target and Matty Cash had some of the worst deliveries that you'd ever see. There was one a couple of minutes before half time where Cash is basically through. He's got three options, three lovely options uh, on the edge of the Everton penalty area. And I think he's kicked it out for a throw-in. I mean, it was some remarkable misplaced passes, which you, you, you can sometimes see from cash, but you expect more from target. So I felt your pain in that first hour. I did. Um, but what do you think about target? Obviously, obviously, you know, cash went on and banged on in the top corner. Um, so so that, that there is some mitigation there. But what do you think about those fullbacks, Andy? Are they, I mean, are they going to be able to support this system if Dean Smith wants to use it moving forward I don't think they're dominant enough no to be honest not not at this stage I think I think both are a very reliable kind of going back the way um and we've seen in the past how 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 good Matt Target's uh, delivery can be it wasn't there at the weekend he had he had several attempts to 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 cross it into the box and and seemed to to hit the first defender with every one um, which is disappointing, you know, and and the problem is with the way that was set up, um, you know, because you can play three at the back and 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 still play an extra attacking midfielder, but, uh, attacking player, sorry, but you you then sacrifice a midfielder just for that extra bit of creativity, and that's the way kind of Chelsea tend to tend to use the system. They've got that, you know, so they've got that creativity and that flair on the field still. Um, in their case, it's 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 been Mount Kai Havertz and, and Lukaku, um, but Villa went with the two up front and the three midfielders, and it it just it relies way too much on those fullbacks for me. You know, I think if if we had you know, um, I mean Chelsea play with Alonso, um, I can't remember the, who who they have Aspilicueta on the on the or or um, or James on the. On the right hand side, and they are very attacking or, and they're or, very good. Going or forward. Chilwell, who, who who is very talented, yeah. but for some reason Southgate and Tuchel both seem to hate him at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows why. And 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 on the face of it, on paper, Cash and Target are very very good wing backs, you know, because they they can do both roles very effectively. But I I do think they lack they lack the the creativity required um, because they're effectively having to having to. You know, dominate those wide areas, you know, and do the job of a, a you know a creative sort of attacking midfielder or an extra striker, an extra forward. So, um, it it just doesn't work for me. It just you know, and I mean, we'll talk about it, you know, but the, you know, the the, you know, the the ball wasn't getting in quickly enough or decisively enough to the front two. They were. You know, we had two strikers, and they were both looking a little bit lost at times. I thought Danny Ings did okay, but Watkins was on the fringes of, of the game throughout. I thought, and uh... well, I, I thought I agree with you there. I think that Watkins looked like a man who hadn't slept for three days because he probably is a man that hasn't slept for three days, <laughs> yeah, uh, given true. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, given the birth of his of his uh, daughter. I don't think I remember. Um, and congratulations to um, the the good family Watkins, by the way. Um, a momentous occasion for for them on a, on a personal level. Now, um, I don't remember Watkins playing that badly uh, for Villa. Other than, do you remember there was a Newcastle game? I think Newcastle away. It was like he couldn't trap a bag of cement. I think other than that, that was the, as as bad as I've seen Watkins play. Now, obviously, the good things with Watkins is even when he plays badly, he always has the endeavour. He always has the 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 the, the, the will to, to 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 press and all that other good stuff. But I think they actually switched roles, uh, Watkins and Ings, as you just alluded to there, Andy. I think Ings was really um, poor against Chelsea last week. And um, Ings was great 
I I finally saw it. What you you'd seen in the beginning, Andy. You said that you could you saw maybe some 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 number ten isms in Danny Ings, and I had said I had never seen it before. And I you know I saw it finally against Everton. I saw Danny Ings, and obviously he he he, he was linking play. He was spent a lot of time uh, dropping deep, and he was really involved. And he had some really neat touches, and he looked really sharp. I thought Ings, but the partnership. I think as you're we're, we're going to talk about doesn't seem to be firing just yet but you know it is early days yeah and i mean you know the first half was 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 quite back and forth really with with both teams you know creating some openings um but unable to to provide the finish um you know villa villa appeared to struggle to get to get the the front two um into the game too much although we, like ings was was more involved um whilst um everton were looking largely to demari gray um to open Villa up um, at half time, I, I was I was crying out for the attacking changes um, to come. Um, but how did you view the first forty five? And, and in hindsight, was was the approach successful? I think it was it was successful in terms of we negated the the Everton threat. Uh, Damari Gray, um, even without the players that you know Everton are, are missing, and, and and that is you know that's fair enough. But I've got no sympathy for, for Everton because we've been missing players in every single game this season. So I've got no sympathy for Everton whatsoever. And we lost John McGinn in the first half, let's not forget. So, um, you know, Damari Gray has been in fine form. Andros Townsend's bending goals into the, the, the back of the net. So they did have a threat. And I think Villa did a really good job of, 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 of mitigating that threat. And I think that Everton did not really look like scoring, which I like because I like it when Aston Villa are a solid Aston Villa. I love clean sheets, Andy. As you know, I have a bit of a clean sheet fetish. Uh, that's not a Manscaped ad. We're going to get to that later on. But I do love a clean sheet in both my personal life and at my football team. So I like that how solid Villa were. I like the positions that Matty Cash and um, Matt Target were getting into, as we alluded to earlier. But I was, I was beside myself at half time, at half time uh, in terms of just the, the the poorness of the balls. And I kind of expect it from Cash, uh, but Target, we know, has much better quality. And as you said, he was just hitting the first man. He's hitting things out for throw-ins. Um, he looked to not be at the races. And um, you you did say, Andy, um, on, on Matt Target, you did say that you considered that he could be one of the players who just was going to be better off without fans in the ground. And um, obviously it's early in the season, but I will say this does not look like the same Matt Target that we had uh, last year that won players uh, player of the year no he doesn't he doesn't and uh, I will say that I felt that I think he's been carrying a knock um, well we know he was injured over the summer um, and certainly for a good portion of this game he was injured he, he looked like he sustained some sort of groin injury um, in the first half and of course he remained on the field until sort of 60 minutes or so um, you know but he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like the same. The same player, and I don't think there's. That's you know. It might be to do with with supporters. He's certainly not getting any any particular stick. I think he's quite popular, uh, quite a popular player. Um, but I, for me, he just doesn't look fit. He just doesn't look um, look the same player at all. And um, maybe he does need a little bit of time on the sidelines. But then at the same time, how do you get fit if you're not playing? And you know that's that's the other that's the other aspect. No, it is a it is kind of a catch twenty two. Hopefully, it is that. But we I think we can agree he hasn't been quite the same. But as for the the first forty five minutes, you know, going back to the the earlier question, I think had we have had any kind of decent delivery from those fullbacks, even average delivery, we would have we we could have scored a goal or two. We saw obviously um, a nice uh, set piece move where Rings had a, a nice half chance that went just over the corner of the uh, post and bar. We saw a really nice corner routine where Mings uh, was unlucky, uh, denied by a great Begovic save. So I think there were goals in the system, but I think that we were really let down by the final ball uh, from, from from Target and Cash in that first half. But what I was surprised to see, I know that you were surprised as well <laughs> because we saw it in the group chat. So I'll ask you about it now on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, the substitution of McGinn for Marvellous Nakamba did not please you, Andy, I think it's fair to say. It wasn't. I mean, obviously, McGinn had to go off. Um, he should have probably gone off a lot sooner, really. I'm not sure. I know Smith sort of tried to explain why he was left on the field so long with a head injury. Um, but, um, 
it was more the fact that we had an opportunity there, I think, to, you know, to really, to really kind of, well, you're replacing John McGinn, who's one of the more creative and forward-thinking players, with, with your your archetypal uh, defensive midfielder, um, which I know sort of released. Um, it did release uh, Douglas Louise, who I thought had an excellent an excellent game, again, um, on Saturday. But I just felt I was sort of thinking, well, if McGinn goes off, you know, can we get, you know. Can we get Buendia on? Can we get Traore on? You know, to really kind of, you know, try and take it to, to, um, you know, to Everton. The the problem we had was, um, there were two problems in the first half. Um, we were playing with three midfielders and five defenders essentially, and Everton was still able to kind of march up to our penalty area, at times almost unopposed, and get to the edge of our box. Um, and decide what they were going to do, which you know they they lacked a lot of cutting edge, and they'll be disappointed with that. But the other problem was that, of course, once um, once our fullbacks had the ball, they had no outlet really. They had no nowhere to go with it. There was no kind of interplay, or in, in you know um, the midfielders weren't really helping them out too much. I felt so it was kind of it was getting to the fullbacks, and then it was kind of going back and then into the channel from the defence and you know I just felt it was all a bit easily telegraphed really and and you know it, it sort of lacked and, and, and meanwhile you know I think I said to someone you know we were talking about you know we've said about cash and target you know being the creative and having to provide that creativity but they shouldn't have to when you've got the players that we've got in our squad the fullback shouldn't be having to we shouldn't be relying on the fullbacks to be that creative, does that make sense? It it does, and and you're. I think that's fair in a in a four three three system. But I think in this particular system, um, you know, that is kind of the that that is kind of the job. You know, we, we've alluded to Chelsea, who are the best at playing it. You know, Reese James and Chilwell and uh, Alonso, Alonso in particular. You know, he scores goals, he scores free kicks. Reese James scores goals. Uh, he scored a lovely goal earlier in the season against Arsenal. Um, a little bit similar to Matt Cash's goal, actually. That is kind of the remit of the of the wing back, probably less less so than the full back. But I think that the interesting thing is that obviously Dean Smith has taken this three five two to be the best way to get points at this stage of the season. And if it is the best way to get points at this stage of the season, lots of people were saying on Twitter that. Well, your best wing back at the club is Ashley Young because he's an actual winger. We know he's got fantastic delivery. And so maybe it's a little bit puzzling to see that he hasn't been used at all in this system. Whereas, um, you know, Target, who we've mentioned, who, who seems to be struggling, maybe it's a knock, maybe it's fitness, um, whatever, for, whatever, for whatever reason. We've spoken already about Cash's output on this podcast, although I'm about to eat a big fat slice of humble pie about that in a moment, talking about his goal. But, you know, it's fair to say, just as he scored a great goal and bagged one in the top corner, it's also fair to say his general delivery in the first half in particular and throughout the season has not been good, you know. So maybe it's a personnel issue and maybe you need to, to use Ashley Young because he is, as we know, he's got a delicious final ball. He's got the composure that maybe the other two don't have in those forward positions because obviously he is you know, a really elite, you know, we're talking about a league winner. We're talking about a, a Serie A winner. We're talking about a Europa League winner. I mean, he has a pedigree um, that the other Villa players just don't have, um, quite frankly. So maybe we, if we're going to play the 3-5-2 system, as we'll talk about later on uh, against Manchester United uh, next week, maybe Ashley Young needs to be in there because we're not going to get, Matt Cash and Matt Target are not going to get five or six chances to cross the ball each against Man United, we're going to be to pin back a lot more. So it means the times they do get forward, they're going to have to make it count. And uh, maybe maybe Ashley Young uh, comes in from that target and maybe that can help us against... Uh, and Ashley Young with a point to prove against his, his, his old club. But I think with this system, you do need the fullbacks to, 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 to do that. But the, the I suppose the point is, do you see us keeping this system for the rest of the season? I'm not sure I do. I think that this could be a kind of horses for courses, get to the international break while we've got this hard run, and then maybe we'll see more of the attackers after the next international break when we've got, at least on paper, a, a, 
a, a gentler run of fixtures. Yeah, I, I think I think that's. I, I really hope we don't we don't see it. But of course, we've got to we've got to bear in mind the fact as well. You, you talk about the international break. Um, that that could be a real problem for us, you know, as it was in the last one. And we, you know, Leon Bailey, um, in particular, might be um, subject to uh, to quarantining and all kinds of things as well. So, you know, we obviously we perhaps discuss that more nearer the time. But you know, it might it might be that we don't really see these guys in full flow until until um, after the November international break, sort of properly, just just bits and bobs here and there, which would be. A real shame, um, but we'll we'll get on to happier things. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's been a, a little bit negative, but this is how the game I think went. It was um, it was a little bit concerning, um, like you say, up to the hour mark, um, and then Dean Smith was was forced into the change really as as Matt Target, um, who'd sustained what looked like a groin injury in the first half, was was replaced by Leon Bailey. And his impact was immediate as as Villa scored three goals in nine minutes um, to take the game away from Everton. It was a blistering few moments that that was started off by Matty Cash. Um, Following a lovely Villa move down the right, he created space inside the box before crashing a left-footed shot past Begovic. He certainly loved the the, the moment, uh, running over uh, to celebrate in front of his his family. We've been saying, as as we alluded to, that um, he needs to add some final product to his game. And having struggled to provide the uh, the creating creative output all game, um, could this goal give him a, a bit of a boost and 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 for him to kick on in this area of his of his game? Yes, and this is me. I'm slicing it right now. I'm getting it on my fork. Here's the whipped cream. Sorry for any of you that have like a phobia of eating noises. I wasn't really eating, so don't worry about it. But this is me chomping on a large slice of warm, humble pie. Uh, Matt Cash, I have been moaning about him and his uh, his his final ball um, all season. Um, but boy, oh boy, did he um, did he show that he can develop this area of his game. What a goal! What a, what a team move as well. Um, Danny Ings involved again, doing doing his little doing his bits. Wonderful uh, 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 to see Esri Konzer as well coming from centre-back and getting involved in the move. And then a absolutely delicious, world-class, yes, world-class one-time pass from Douglas Ruiz into the path of Matty Cash. Uh, Lucas Dina has gone to sleep. Cash uh, gets ahead of him and then also then has not only the, the wherewithal to, to, to jink inside, and then he's also got options. He can, he can square it to Ramsey. There's a ball potentially at the back post of Leon Bailey's unmarked. And I'm thinking, pass it, pass it, pass it. Uh-uh-uh. He absolutely spanks one into the top corner. It's still rising now. An unbelievable strike. And the smile on Matty Cash's face. Oh, my goodness. When he's running up and the, the beam, he's running over to his family. If that doesn't warm your heart as an Aston Villa fan, you may well be you you may maybe well be uh, old Scrooge in the the Christmas Carol. You need to be visited by the ghosts of Christmas. Pot. Anyway, you get the point. It was wonderful. It was wonderful to see, and I was delighted. And to your point, Andy, I hope that this gives Matt Cash the boost that he needs, the confidence that he needs to realize that he can he can he can start to produce creative moments at this level. We know that he is comfortable defending. I likened him to a meerkat. And um, whenever he crosses the halfway line, he, he, that frantic energy doesn't dissipate and he doesn't take a breath. Hopefully this is the boost now that he can get to bring the creative output to his all-round game. Because if he can, if he can, and I hope he can, I am on his side, I do want him to do that. If he can, then he's going to be absolutely one hell of a right back for Aston Villa. My goodness, if he can add a, if he can add a fight, if he can add goals that assist to his game, good God, we've got a player. We certainly have. I mean, you know, his 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 attitude is just is just bang on, isn't it? It's just it's just what you want. He's a tiger um, at, at right back, and absolutely absolutely loved the goal. I mean, it was we needed something like that because we we weren't we just weren't really. Um, creating and and it and it and it felt like we saved it all up for that moment. Like you say, several players getting involved and move from inside our own half. And like you say, the the ball from Louise was 
um, just just stunning, really. Um, great finish, and you know, of course, I was I was delighted that he went off and celebrated in front of his family. But I did. I, I was a bit gutted because I was standing there with my arms open, waiting for him to uh, <laughs> to come to the halt end and and embrace us all. So um, you know, but but no fair play. He was he absolutely deserved to own that moment, and uh, and and yeah, he's just. He's one of those players where you just feel that he can. He's got another level to go on to. He can. He can produce that. We've we've seen him do do things like that at the championship in the championship for Forest um, against Villa, no less. Yeah, slotting goals away. Yeah, absolutely. And and he's got he's got it in his he's got it in his locker. Is it's just it's just bringing that out of him really. And maybe you know playing these games at um, at, at wing back where he's he is expected to to get forward a lot more maybe that will open up that that part of his game you know make him feel more confident well the the great thing is he's he's in the right place dean smith one thing i'm not sure that he gets enough credit for and if he does get enough credit i'm going to give him some more right now because he deserves it there isn't really a player that dean smith gets um maybe apart from kalinich or engels there's not a player that Dean Smith gets hold of generally that doesn't improve and improve beyond beyond recognition almost. Um, we look at what even marvelous was when we first got him, you know, compared to the performance he put on against uh, against Everton. You know, a, a word for marvelous as well. He he absolutely bossed that midfield, and that's a couple of serious players there in Decore and uh, Alan in that Everton midfield. They, th- those are not poor players. Apparently, hundred percent possession for marvelous. Yeah, and he was actually playing progressive passes as well. Um, you know, so 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 credit where it's due. You know, but obviously Jack Grealish, again, you know, he was not an hundred million pound player when 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 Dean Smith got hold of him, uh, for sure. You know, Al Ghazi has gone from a Championship substitute to a, a player who can score ten goals in the Premier League. Dean Smith's even able to tease goals out of Trezeguet, but only in the last 10 games of the season. So Dean Smith improves players. And so Matty Cash is, if he can sit under the learning tree of Dean Smith and his new coaching team, Craigie Shakespeare and the rest of them, uh, not the Bard, as you said, <laughs> Andy. Um, but uh, he can he can really hopefully kick on. And I, I hope he can because he, it was just infectious to see his smile and also... The, the joy was radiating from Matty Cash. It was it was great to see. That's what football is about. He's, he's sharing his success with his family. And then even in his interview, which we had on TV over here, I'm not sure if it was on over there or not, he's absolutely beaming. Like the joy is just radiating from him. And it was just so good to see. And, and I'm really happy for Matt Cash, really happy for his family. And I hope that, again, this can be the beginning of him turning a corner and um, adding goals and assists to his game because... If he can do it again, talk about developing players. We'll, 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 we won't have a sixteen million pound right back. We'll have a thirty, thirty-five million pound right back if he can do that. So keep your head down, Matt. We we, we believe in you, and, and and I hope that you you can continue to to produce in the final third for us. Yeah, definitely. I to- totally echo that. And he's such a likable character. I think he's got everyone on his side, and you know he's he's been he's been really good. I mean, we talk about. We're nitpicking, really, um, but he, you know, he, if he, it's it's those kind of fine margins at this level, isn't it? That that that's that improve the him as a player, but but the team as well, and the the performance generally of the team. So, you know, he's 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 coming good. I think he's he's going to be um, he's going to be top draw, and it's going to be a good season for him. Um, but from that moment on, really, it was the it was the Leon Bailey show. Um, with the whole end in full voice, the J- Jamaican um, swung in a corner, seemingly went straight past Begovic into the net, but um, unfortunately it, uh, it did take a, a slight flick off Luca Dina on the way in. Um, then moments later, a wonderful piece of vision from, from Danny Ings, the number 10, as I said. Um, <laughs> and and a, it was a great lofted pass, put Bailey away. And he just nodded it down and smashed the ball home. Um, it was a truly electrifying moment in the ground um, and a great way to announce himself in the Premier League. You know, how good is this is this lad and and how important could he be for, for this, this season um, and the post-Jack Grealish rebuild? 
Well, I think that um, I, I said before uh, during our transfer special, if you, if, you, if you care to go back and listen in the old archives there, that um, I think that Leon Bailey would be our best signing out of the lot. I think he's got the highest ceiling. Um, and I think that he is frightening because we see players... Um, let's take Adama, Adama Traore. Um, unbelievable natural gifts in terms of when he's sprinting at full force, Adama Traore is a sight to see. Uh, but as we know, even when he was at Aston Villa, his final product is really hit and miss. You're lucky if you're going to get four or five goals a season out of him and his assists aren't really there either, particularly not last season. Now, I know we're playing Wolves in a little while and, and, and um, this could come back to bite me, but, you know, Adama Traore doesn't seem to have it all put together. Whereas Leon Bailey, from the glimpses that we've seen, just look at it. It's two assists and a goal. He's not even played 90 minutes for Aston Villa yet. This guy seems to not only have the speed to terrify to terrify defenders, and uh, the way he ran past Holgate, who's a very fast player, and the Holgate had to tug him tug him down. They actually uh, subbed uh, Holgate, I think, as a result of this. Um, it was absolutely. Um, I think Holgate. Have I got the right guy? Phone right back. I'm not sure. I'm not. Was it Godfrey? Could Godfrey. Godfrey. Sorry, Godfrey. Yeah. Godfrey. I'm thinking it's not Holgate. It is Godfrey. Sorry. I'm thinking there. You, you're talking rubbish here. It's not Holgate at all. It's, it's Godfrey. Anyway. The way he did that, and Godfrey is a very quick player, was just incredible to see. And then the finish there is is a lot harder than it looks. A word for Danny Ings. It was a great lofted pass. You're right, Andy. Now, it was a much harder pass than the one he messed up last week against Chelsea, where he could have put Watkins clean through. <laughs> but we won't talk about that. Let's just focus on the positives. Yeah, that's an incredible spot by Ings. Uh, and not only that, the way he's controlled the ball, he's turned, and he already knows. That's something that's been worked on at the training ground. You already knows Leon Bailey's going to be out there. And when he's in full flight, no one is catching him. But what I was really impressed with was not only the, the foot speed, but also the, the cushioned header. How many times have we seen a Villa forward? I'm thinking of, of Trezeguet. I'm thinking of Anwar. I'm thinking really of anyone but Jack Grealish that would have, and even Jack obviously doesn't have that kind of speed, that would have got that header wrong and put themselves into trouble where they've had to cut back or the defender has time to recover. But that header was spot on. He cushioned it into his path, ran onto the ball, and he didn't rush either. Like, he could have taken that a lot earlier than he did. He waited until the opportune moment, and he absolutely spanked it home. That tells me that we have a player of incredible quality on our hands, not to mention his dead ball delivery that we saw again with the, uh, with the, with, with, with the corner. Hope, I'm, I was hoping the dubious goals panel were going to award it to him, but, but evidently not. It's staying with old uh, Luca Dina. And, and and let's not forget his ball for uh, John McGinn as well for that goal, that great goal in the top corner on the opening day against Watford. There's a real player in here now. What I will do to to, to if I, if I might be downbeat for a moment, it seems like this lad needs to be wrapped in cotton wool. I'm a little bit concerned. He's come in with a, a he had a toe injury, then he's had a hamstring injury. Now it looks like he's got a quad injury. Is this something that we should be concerned about, or is he just? needs to get up to speed Andy what, what's going on another poppadom <laughs> I uh, hope not um, no he's, he's I, I don't know I don't know we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that I'm not sure what his injury record is like to this point sometimes with with sort of th- these very very rapid players um, you know they do pull muscles and hamstrings and things like that don't they from time to time it seems to go with the territory um, and then you know they get to sort of twenty seven, twenty eight, and they, 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 they've just lost that half a yard of pace because of it, and they have to change the game up a little bit. But um, who who knows? Who knows? I I was just I was just astonished really with the um, you know the level of technique involved in in that finish, and I think I tweeted and I probably put on the group as well that not not many players, and you alluded to this, not many players finish that chance in two touches. You know, you mentioned Jack Grealish. I think he he takes about eight or nine touches to finish that to finish that off, because um, that's the sort of player he is, and he's you know he's, he's obviously got that quality. But um, to to like say to to just nod it down, it perfectly controlled, and then and then and then smash it home um, with such control. I just think um, 
you know, this is this is a player with ice in his veins, isn't it? You know, this is a player who who, who backs himself, um, knows how good he is, you know, and 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 doesn't panic in in these kind of situations. I thought it was it was just a sign again of the you know the the, the level that we're we're targeting now in terms of our recruitment. Um, and let's let's remember. I mean, I've spoken to to several supporters of different clubs. And they've all been linked with, with Bailey. They've all been looking at Bailey for a number of years. You know, this this guy isn't. You know, it's not something someone Villa have found. We haven't unearthed Bailey. You know, he's been on the scene. Um, for 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 a lot more than we paid as well. And uh, you know, this this is a player I think that we're probably going to have to work quite hard to keep hold of. But also, um, while he is with us, he's 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 going to provide some some great moments. I think, and we need to. Uh, Enjoy him, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, what what what's not to enjoy? Um, did did they do the chant, Andy? The uh, the the there's there's two chants I've seen on Twitter. I don't know. Did they make it to the ground? The one, uh, the, the, yeah, I think there's a Bob Marley one, and then the other one is the. Uh, yeah. the did either of the anyway? Whichever no, the chants I are, I, I I can't say I heard either. To be honest, I think. Oh, that, oh, I mean, certainly for for the. I have to say that for the for the time that he was on. Um, it was pretty much a lay, a lay, a lay, all the way, and it was so loud, you know, in the in the whole end. It was it's the real thing. You to me or everything. That's the other one I remember. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, but we yeah, didn't hear yeah. them at Villa Park. I didn't hear it. No, I didn't hear it. Um, you probably you probably best ask, asking uh, Mr. Villa on tour or, or or one of his one of his crew. Um, I don't uh, I don't know him, but Mr. Villa on tour. <laughs> um, we've never met. My name's Craig. Um, if you want to reach out to me, let me know. You can find me on Twitter at Craig Storrid. DMs are open. Um, I'm happy to talk, and I want I, I'm, I'm, I want to know if these chants are going to make the rounds. It could be the away fans. The away fans seem yeah, like a, a tighter bunch to get it started. Yeah, yeah they. I think I, I think they 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 had it. I saw a video of it of, of one of the chants at uh, Chelsea last week. So maybe it will filter through to the um to to the home home fans over the coming weeks. And I'm sure if we. If we hear, if we see um, more moments like that from him, then uh, he will be he will be um, having his name sung very loud indeed. How exciting is he though? Actually, like you can see already, this guy is a real deal. Now I've I've been banging on every week about us having a bench, finally having a bench, and that big players are going to be on the bench. And I know other people have mentioned it, but it's worth repeating here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, our record signing. I repeat, our record signing, Emiliano Buendia, easy for me to say, uh, did not dirty his boots. And we've beaten Everton, a solid Everton outfit who finished above us, let's not forget, last season. We've beaten them 3-0. Now, this to me is very, very exciting. And, and, and Leon Bailey is... The kind of talent, I think you're right, Andy, we are going to have to really push on to keep hold of. And and he's probably in a group now of kind of our elite players already with the likes of uh, Martinez, our goalkeeper, Konza, and, 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 and those type of cats that are going to need Europa League football sooner or later in order to stay with Villa. Now, I'm not sure that's this season, but certainly, if we're not in Europe by the end of next season, you would expect the likes of Martinez and, and even Bailey and maybe even Konza to be uh, agitating for a move, perhaps. Yeah, well, this is this is what we're... This is the concern now, isn't it? It's it's kind of how far can we go and how how exciting... How excited are, are these players by the potential at Villa? And, I mean, for me, if, if, if you're someone like... Um, you know, Conzo and Douglas Louise and, and, and Mings and people like this, Martinez, and you see him you see him talents like, like Bailey, albeit that we've lost Grealish, but if you're seeing then these these players coming in through the door as well, it's gotta it's gotta be a you know, it's gotta be a good thing and it's gotta be um you know <laughs> encouraging for them, hasn't it? Um but ultimately, you know, and, and we'll get to this later, obviously later in the season. But ultimately, it comes, it'll come down to European qualification. I think we have to, we have to get into Europe. I think there's there's no two ways about it. Um, 
Do you think we have to do that this season, Andy? I know we will talk about this as the season. We're still very early days, just five games in. But is your impression that we need to get in Europe this year in order to keep these guys around? Or do you think we've got a bit more time? Because obviously no one is that we we don't have another 100 million pound player in our midst, you know, for, for right now. So it's not like I think not Manchester City are necessarily going to be knocking down the door to to bring in, you know, John McGinn or, or, or Ollie Watkins at this point in time. So do you think it is this season? Is it Europe or bust? Or is do we have a bit more time? Do you think? I, th- I think I think with different players. Um, so for me, I think I think Ollie Watkins will attract attract interest from further up the league, um, and also I think I think Martinez will from all round Europe. The biggest clubs in Europe will be after Martinez. Um, so we have to be if we want to keep those players. I think we have to. But what it what this summer has has kind of said to me is that. Players, players do come and go, you know. Sometimes it's good to move move players on and, and get some get a different perspective, get a different a different um, approach. Um, not that I want I'd want these players to leave, but it happens, you know. And I'd I'd rather players move on. I'm sitting here saying this now. You can remind me of this later in the season, um, <laughs> but I'd I'd rather these players move on, you know, and are highly thought of still. And get into this kind of um, tug of war with players, and for there to be this toxicity, and then, and then you know, players perhaps playing for us that, that want to be elsewhere. I think that's no good for anyone. Um, well, we've seen this weekend with we've seen this weekend with uh, Mr. Harry Kane. Not to cast aspersion on his character, because we all know the England captain and blue-eyed boy can do no wrong, even when he uh, skipped off training and then pretended he didn't. And uh, as I think Roy Keane on Sky and, uh, and Sunes as well have, have, have suggested, uh, Harry Kane's body language and bod- his demeanour does not look like someone who is pulling up trees for the Tottenham course. Now, I don't think had Jack of Sticker stuck around, I don't think he would have necessarily acted in the same way. I mean, we'll never know. But there is a point to be, to be said that if a player wants to, wants to move and is desperate to move, that it can be best for all parties, as long as the fee's right and the deal's right for the club that you let them move on. But hopefully, as we say, we can keep these players in because we are recruiting really, really well. Already we can see, um, you know, our, our record signing, Brendia, slow start, but his last start against um, Brentford, he's, he's bang one in the top corner and he started to look like the player that we, we, we hoped we would be getting. Leon Bailey, you know, has been absolutely fantastic and he's incredibly exciting in, in the moments that we've seen him. Danny Ings already has two goals and two assists in five games, which is quite ridiculous, actually, when you think about it. Um, so already we can see the, 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 the signings again this season seem to be really, really strong. And then last season signings, you know, the Ali Watkins and the, the uh, Martinez's of this world and the Matty Cash's with his top corner drive on Saturday, you know, even they're going from strength to strength. So there's a lot to be said for this Villa team. And I've also, I've also been quite excited by Bertie's, uh, Bertrand Traore's uh, cameos here and there. He looks really at the races this season. And maybe that's what he needed. Maybe he needs competition for places because last season, I think once, once Trezeguet got that serious knee injury with that challenge from Trent Alexander-Arnold against Liverpool, or should I call him Daniel Betridge's Trezeguet? Once he got injured, you know, and once Jack Grealish was out with his with his Papadom shins, we knew it's going to be Troy Ore on one wing, it's going to be El Ghazi on the other wing, and that was kind of it. But maybe now with some competition for places, Troy Ore can 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 really kick on to to a new level. He has got he has got potential in him still, hasn't he? And let's not forget, you know, he did he did have a really good season last season. Um, he did, yeah. You know, yeah. it was his first season. He scored what was it, seven or eight goals, you know. And at times, he 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 did, he did look really, really good. And you know, and a lot was made of his 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 him only being one footed, but he scored a lot of goals with his with his weaker weaker foot. By the way, um, he scored at Old Trafford, I think, with his weaker yeah, foot. If, yeah, if memory he serves, did, you know, and. and you know, a few of his goals. Certainly, his first one at Bristol City as well. That was with his his weaker foot. So, you know, he's 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 got he's got growth in him. Um, same with all our players, though. 
you know that they can all improve. I mean, we've seen, like you said, less than half a match from Bailey um, up to this point, and you know he's he's um, he's already <laughs> he's already a superstar. Um, but he's you know he's we, we'll be looking for him to put that together sort of week in week out now, along with Bailey and Ings and Watkins and, and people like this. So um, you know it's uh, it's it's it is exciting, and I think this this. This performance has um, has kind of lifted everyone, hasn't it? Um... Well, Andy, lifted, growth, performance. I tell you what, these are three buzzwords which really are a great segue for the Manscaped ad that I'm about to tell you about. Because if you want to get growth, if you want to improve your performance, and if you want to get lifted where it matters, you should try Manscaped products yes 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 the lawnmower 4.0 now exclusively available not only in the u.s where we have access to it but also in the uk yes the new lawnmower 4.0 has been released which means in the uk all our uk listeners can now get their hands on the performance package 4.0 our u.s listeners it's still available over here as well which is head to toe the ultimate male hygiene bundle. It's called Performance Package. Because when you're trying to perform, you need the right kit. You need the right equipment. This is not the school playground. This is not jumpers for goalposts. If you're a serious man, then you need to be a serious manscaper. If you want to be taken seriously in the bedroom, you can't have any of these pants with holes in them. You can't have any of that anymore. You can't have an ungroomed and ungainly self. The modern man needs to represent the modern world, which means you need to groom yourself nicely so you can get lifted where it matters and you can also have growth in you if that's what you want, just like the Villa players do. So check out Manscaped products at manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with our promo code, which is LAMP. L-M-A-P at manscaped.com. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Thank you, Craig. It was as if I planned that. (laughs) But I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, absolutely. Go ahead. Go go and get your products. Um, Your balls will thank you. Um, But, I mean, you know, it has been been suggested that that this win and performance could be um, the catalyst for Villa's season and after a after a stuttering start, really, and we're sat now in tenth tenth position, I believe. Um, how much confidence do you take from this? And with Man United and Tottenham on the on the horizon now, um, could this team be capable of taking some scalps um, in the weeks ahead? Well, uh, let's start with the the second one first. Tottenham, as I already alluded to, looked an absolute shambles at the weekend against Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea could have scored five or six or seven um, against them, whereas you know. Um, you know, we put up a much better fight. Yes, we both lost 3-0, but the, the games were very different. I watched the the, the Chelsea-Tottenham uh, game in full, and I can tell you that Villa put up a much better fight than Tottenham did. Um, Tottenham, in this kind of form, they look like they looked at the end of last season when we were able to, to beat them, when um, uh, Ryan Mason, I think, was in charge. I think Nuno had a bit of a bounce in the beginning. Uh, obviously, a man- magnificent 1-0 win against Manchester City and, and, and Tottenham did well in their first few games. But it seems the bloom may be falling off the rose there. So hopefully we're playing Tottenham at a good time. But um, Manchester United are our absolute bogey team. I, I was there in 1996 when we won 3-1 on the opening day of the season. It was a blazing hot August afternoon. I was there in my little Mark Draper uh, number eight shirt, which I still have and still fits me, by the way. Um, true, I swear to God, it does. It does, just about. And um, yeah, uh, the shorts don't fit me anymore, though. But uh, those those are long gone. Um, the uh, the the point being, I was there, and I think that may have been the last time we beat Man United at home. I think the last time we beat Man United away. Uh, was in 2009 or 2010, sometime around there. Uh, Gabby Agbonlahor, uh, back in his thin days. 
Um, he's like you got like you got like thin Gabby and fat Gabby. It's like Elvis. <laughs> well, I think I think I think my weight has pretty much gone gone along the same lines as Gabby's over the years. Actually, it's probably mirrored him. Well, there you know. go. But one of only but only one of those two people, Andy, was being paid to be a professional Premier League footballer. So you, you... Well, was, Gab- was Gabby not being paid? Oh, he's being. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So yeah, I mean, back to the uh, 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 fat shaming on fat Elvis. Um, we have an abominable record against Man United. It is about as bad as you can get. And in recent years, I think actually we've had some better performances. We've had some scandalous decisions go against us. The Bruno Fernandez foul on Esri Conza a couple of seasons ago when we were fighting for our lives in Project Restart, which where magically has turned into a Manchester United penalty. The one at Old Trafford last season, I believe, when um, the score's 1-1. Pogba trips over himself and Douglas Louise has given away a penalty. And then in the, the home game where we lost eventually, I think it was 3-1 to Man United uh, last season at home. That penalty decision actually was 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 fine. I remember Douglas Suiz did actually foul Pogba very stupidly on that one. But there was also a, 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 a situation at the other end where Mason Greenwood has literally handled the ball handled the ball in the penalty area, and his his hand is way over his head, and the ref doesn't call it for Aston Villa, of course. So uh, Solskjaer has been on the uh, on the uh, PR tour, advertising for Manchester United to get penalties. Man United always get free penalties against Aston Villa, so you just feel like even if we play well as we have done, Man United just have so much quality. I mean, their their lineup at this point is like uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. I think Ole is a really poor manager, um, for the record. I think he's absolutely terrible. I think if Man United had any kind of decent manager, like a, a Conte or a, a Tuchel, I think they'd probably win the league with this squad but I don't think they'll win the league with Ole. So there's always that chance that you can get something. And Villa can take confidence from their recent performances. But you just look around that that Man United starting 11. I mean, if Ronaldo doesn't get you, Greenwood is is just so clinical. You just can't let him shoot the guy. If you let him shoot, it's invariably a goal. Bruno Fernandes, you know, is is very, very annoying. But he's also very, very talented. So... We can take confidence, but we have to be realistic. And if we are on the, the end of another bad result in the Man United game as we were in the Chelsea game, I hope we don't see the same meltdown that we saw after the Chelsea game, Andy, because that, that was absolutely ridiculous. Man United do have much better players than we have. They do have a better team than we have. They finished runners-up last year and we finished 11th. They should be expected to beat us at home and they've added Varane and Ronaldo to the... you know so. We have to be realistic, but I think I think we, we, we I think we just have to try and keep it tight and see again if our guys can can take their chances. Um, if we do the same thing we did against Chelsea and just squander chance after chance after chance, we have no chance. <laughs> That's a lot of chances. We have to be clinical, Andy. We must be clinical, otherwise we are doomed in that game. Can I just add another another um, problem there? Another problem in this game. Mike Dean is the ref. Oh, So he will be absolutely itching to award Cristiano Ronaldo a penalty. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, And I I saw that as well, what uh, you said about Solskjaer um, sort of saying now it's about time we got some penalties. I just think, or or what was it? He was saying, you know, it's it's like they've decided Ronaldo won't get any penalties. I, I I just find it, pathetic you know it's it's just it's just a really sort of beggy attitude and and I, I, you know I'm, I'm with you I think it's a I think it's a scandal that that you know that he's the United manager they must they must be able to attract a better manager than Solskjaer um but you know like I mean he could he could easily, he could he could win the league you know it's going to be such a tight a tight um title race and they're they're definitely going down more the the Real Madrid route of, of 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 putting you know enough great players together that they're just irresistible, um, rather than the you know perhaps the Atletico Madrid route where you know they they obviously it's all about the team and the manager and the coach and you know and 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 you know finding the best way of playing so um, they you know they could do it they could do it and 
you know, we we um, we sort of covered. We've you know, I must say that you know we are we're recording this on on Monday evening. On on Wednesday, we're we're heading to to Stamford Bridge to to play Chelsea again in the Carabao Cup. But we we kind of covered that last week, so we won't we won't go over that again this week. Um, but you know, moving on to United, you know, they have had a really good summer window can't, can't can't deny that really they've signed three players they've added Varane to the defense which they desperately needed to do they finally got Jaden Sancho over the line um who I think will will be a, a very good player for them and of course Cristiano Ronaldo um who's grabbed all the headlines um you know and and taken the number 7 shirt off Cavani um which which is a bit of a kick in the teeth for him um they have looked um, more a bit more like the United of old this season, and and will be looking to make um, a serious title challenge. Um, Villa will be without Axel Twanzebe, I think, who who's on loan from United, so so won't play. And of course, um, there is a doubt potentially over John McGinn as well, who may have to follow the um, concussion protocols, which might mean that he's he's unable to play for ten days or two weeks. I'm I'm not entirely sure. On that, um, Buendia and, and Bailey will be, of course, pushing for starts. Um, so, do you see a change of system and personnel for this one? I think the three-five-two will will stay in place. I think that we'll see um, Courtney Horse come in for um, our dear friend Axel Twanzebe, who Aston Villa have loaned for the third time. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. Three times, three sets of wages, three sets of loan fees. <sighs> God, that, that annoys me. All right. Um, so, yeah, Twenzebi will be will be out. So Mings will move to the middle of the back three, I would have thought, which is, is pleasing because I'm happier seeing him there. Um, Hawes only has, I think, a couple of minutes uh, against Brentford when uh, Konza went off. And also he played the game against Barrow. Is it Barrow? The 6-0? So he is um, suffering for minutes. So I would hope to see... Hawes play uh, on Wednesday against Chelsea so he can get up to speed. I think it would be very unfair to throw Hawes in against Sancho and Ronaldo and Pogba and Fernandez without having uh, any kind of top-level competition since last season, really. So hopefully Hawes uh, plays against Chelsea. And yeah, I see I see the same setup. I see the back three. And um, and you're, you're, what you're asking for in terms of other personnel is... If McGinn is out, if Bailey still needs to be wrapped in cotton wool, then you would imagine that Marvellous will come in for McGinn just based on what just based on what Dean did against Everton. And you'd imagine Watkins and Ings remain up front and everything else stays the same. So a midfield three of Ramsey, Nakamba, and um and Douglas Louise could be could be what Villa go with. But you know, on on, on paper, you have to say that's kind of a mismatch. Yeah, it is. It's it's a bit of a worry, really, isn't it? And I think um, I think the other the other one will will possibly be um, Ashley Young coming in for Matt Target, um, depending on how how Matt Target's injury is. Um, that could be another another change. As you know, um, I will I would go straight back to four at the back. I just think um, <laughs> I just think it's better, and I think. If you if you, if Bailey is fit and able to play, I think he what he offers is um, is is an outlet for us if we are up against it defensively. Um, watching the West Ham game uh, against United uh, yesterday, um, United had so much of the ball right around the West Ham box, but but West Ham were able to to create some chances by by using their their outlets using the likes of, of Bowen and Buendia. And Vlasic to to kind of turn United round a little bit, and I think if you have got someone of of blistering pace like Bailey, um, and you stick him on the halfway line, it does alter how United approach the game. I think they will, you know, if you you know if if you go with just Ings and, and Watkins, I think Maguire and Varane match them up fairly comfortably, and I don't think they're um, they're too much of an issue for for them. So. Just that extra little bit of um, of, of pace and um, and threat, I think, on the break, is is what we need. The other option, of course, is to is to is to just play, is to leave one of either Ings or Watkins out and play Bailey up front, 
um, in the front too, which which is another option, I suppose. That's another way of doing it. Um, so you know, we'll see. We'll see. I agree. I think if if he's ready, but you know, this is the big if because of, you know it, it is a patchy uh, situation for Bailey so far. Um, if he's ready to start, absolutely, you, you start him. But he hasn't played 90 minutes probably for a long, long time now. So if you do start him, you're, you're probably starting him with the understanding that you might not, you might get an hour out of him if, if you're lucky. Um, so you'd love to see that from a Villa point of view. If we can get the ball in midfield, and all of a sudden you've got Harry Maguire on the halfway line, and they play a ball over the top, and Bailey and Harry Maguire in a foot race with De Gea trying to charge out a goal, that's a lovely position for Villa to be in because obviously Maguire is slow at the best of times um, and Bailey is incredibly quick. So, And also we know that Luke Shaw leaves gaps on that side as well because he's so uh, attacking and he's not necessarily... Um, how can I put this? Uh, he, may have, he may go the way of Gabby, put it that way, in terms of his, uh, in terms of his size. So um, that is an opportunity. And the other opportunity, as you, as you mentioned, is Solskjaer. Solskjaer is a, is a manager that I think would struggle to get an, another Premier League job, quite frankly. I think he's that bad. I, I, I can't think of a club, a club's fans in the league, maybe aside from Newcastle, off the top of my head, who would swap their manager for Solskjaer. I know we certainly wouldn't. We wouldn't touch Solskjaer with a barge pole. I think Burnley would want Sean Dyche. I think Brentford would want Thomas Frank. I really don't see another set of Premier League Premier League fans, other than maybe Newcastle, who want old Brucey out, which we can all relate to feeling like that, um, that would swap him. He's that bad. I mean, you know, there's no way if Solskjaer was on the market, Solskjaer's not going to get a, another top job. He's not going to manage Real Madrid or Barcelona. So Solskjaer is your other opportunity. He seems to make silly substitutions and he seems to be able to really struggle to adapt tactically when, when, when he's asked questions. So that is another weakness. But player for player, you know, it is like the Harlem Globetrotters. Man United are just insane in terms of their quality and also the depth of quality that they have. I mean, when a player like Van der Beek, who I think is, um, is an incredible talent, doesn't even get so much as a sniff, it tells you all about the quality that they have. So, you know, player for player, it's a mismatch. So it's going to be down to Dean to devise a system along with the, the Bard and his other team that can take advantage of Manchester United's weaknesses. But even when they play badly, as they do did against West Ham, you know, they've just got goals everywhere. You know, they've just, they just have so much talent. So it is difficult to see a way past that. So whatever the result is on Saturday... Um, you know, even if it's another 3-0 reversal or 4-0 re reversal, um, as long as Villa acquit themselves well and don't give away goals, you know, let's at least make Man United work for goals if they're going to score them. Um, you know, it, it is going to be a hard day at the office. But with players like Buendia, players like Bailey, players like Ings, you always have a chance. You always have a chance. But we'll need everyone to be, you know, playing at 9 out of 10. And when we get those chances going forward, whether it be the wing-backs, whether it be the strikers... We've, we've criticised Ings, Watkins, Cash and Target for this. Um, you, if you, when you get the chance against Man United, you have, you have to take it. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. That's the big thing and hopefully that's the thing they've learnt from the Chelsea game. Um, and, uh, you, you know, that we, we would have been in such a much better position. Um, yeah, I te you know, I, 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 t I tend to agree. I think I think it's, it's one of those games. It's not a free hit as such. Um, you know, but if you got out of there with a point, you'd be absolutely delighted. So, um, you know, particularly with the early kickoff as well. And, um, you know, if we have got a couple of players missing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, whatever system they go. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, like I say, I want 4-3-3 three, three, um, at, at the very least, if not 4-4-2. Four, four, In <laughs> so, the no, um, Andy has a 3-5-2 <laughs> phobia. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, never have. Maybe, maybe they can convince me otherwise, um, and certainly um, going to Old Trafford and coming away with something would would go a long way to to doing that. So, um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But what what's your prediction for this one? I'm predicting a defeat, Andy. I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to be. The, the games actually recently have been quite close between the two clubs, but that was um, that was obviously before they added 
maybe the greatest goal scorer in the history of football to their to their to their, to their front ranks as well as Real Madrid's six-time Champions League winner, whatever it is, Rafael Varane, not to mention uh, maybe the, the 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 second or third very best player last season in the Bundesliga in Jadon Sancho. So I mean, we've we've their, their quality is just ridiculous. So it's it's difficult to see anything but a Villa defeat. But um, let's go two-one Man United. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go two-two. I'm gonna I, I never predict Villa to lose, as you know. Um, so I'm gonna go with two-two, and I think uh, it's the same scoreline as it was two years ago. Of course, that so uh, and we were in a much worse position then, but I guess they were too um, at that stage. So. 2-2 and um and uh, we'll all be happy um and hopefully we'll be through to the uh, the next round of the cup as well which should be which should be lovely um but uh, thank thanks for joining me again Craig it's been it's been a, a great a great chat again um and thanks to to the listeners for for tuning in and um if you do want your your manscape products of course head over to manscape.com and use our code LAMP, L-A-M-P, for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. If you're going to Chelsea, have a great um, trip. Um, back the boys, be loud. And of course, if you're going to United, just, just check the uh, the uh, transport situation because I think there's a bit of a it's going to be a bit of a, a nightmare getting there um, for a lot of Villa fans and probably some United fans as well coming up from uh, from London. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so um check that out and and, and have a have a great day and um, we'll be back next week to review those games um but until then stay safe and up the villa